Prospects After Dark. It is Wednesday night. Uh, surprisingly enough, I didn't say Monday night. Uh, surprisingly enough, we aren't doing this on a Monday night. Uh, it is Wednesday, May 23rd. Uh, this is Prospects After Dark. Normally, we do this on a Monday night. Normally, it's me yelling into my phone from 100 miles away on a Monday, but here we are on a Wednesday. Welcome to the extravaganza. Uh, Forever Cards says, I finally get to join. It's been a while. That's right, Forever Cards. Welcome back to the extravaganza. I'll tell you, the last time you joined, it was pretty tame, and now it's turned into a total shit show. Uh, welcome. Uh, again, just a quick rundown. Uh, my name is Kyle Reese. I am the host of this extravaganza. Uh, I write slash talk for Birds on the Black. Uh, you should check out everything that we do, everything that they do. They're incredible. And uh, we're going to, usually this gets turned into a podcast. Right now it is uh, live on Periscope. It's all raw. Did anyone get Mick Light his tickets to this event? Uh, I believe Mick Light has his tickets. Uh, them capitals though. Oh wait, Maddox Mustache says my first. Hello Maddox Mustache. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Guten Tag Dad. Hello Holy Schilt. Uh, thank you for joining as always. Hello to everyone uh, hello to everyone that is joining. Now, what do we want to get into? Now, the Cardinals lost to the Royals today. It seemed pretty bad. I don't know. I didn't watch. I didn't get to listen. We had that whole work thing. A young Redbirds fan says, what's up, Kyle? Hello, young Redbirds fan. Uh, we did the Prospect Macarena. Uh, by the way, that's our Prospect Q&A that we do at Birds on the Black. And that is, I opened... Uh, my, my account up on Twitter. I asked for questions. We answered them in video format. Young Redbirds fan had asked me about Delvin Perez uh, and an update on Delvin. And the deal with Delvin is Delvin's going to fire up at the short season level. And uh, hopefully here on like, June 15th, we'll get to talk more about Delvin in an actual setting. But right now he's at extended spring training, sort of. Uh, not exactly. Ozuna, shake my head. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right now, Marcelo Ozuna seems to be public enemy number one for not showing up on time to the game today. Uh, and now, so the other thing to remember is, and this is where it gets fun, Marcelo Zuna was supposed to show up to the Cardinals game at a certain time today. I don't know what the time was. Uh, but he was there for the game. He just didn't show up on time. So people, I've seen people say that he missed the game. He didn't miss the game. He was on the on-deck circle. I, he might have even gotten in a bat. Again, I didn't get to watch the game. I listened to it for a very, very small period of time. But uh, that is all to say that let's not overreact about Marcelo Zuna not being there just yet. Uh, he was there. He just broke a rule, and let's see how it goes. I've seen people talk about benching Marcelo Zuna. My thing is I want to bench him because he hasn't been very good. Singles are fine, but when you're hitting in the middle of the lineup, you need to drive the ball, and he's not driving the ball. Zach Gifford wrote a great article about the change in the stance for Marcelo Zuna and why he might not be driving the baseball at Birds on the Black. And you should definitely check it out. As a matter of fact, anything that Zach writes, you should check out because you're going to get fantastic insight. So, uh, our bourbon of choice tonight on a Wednesday is Jim Beam Distiller's Cut. Uh, my guess is that it's half Devil's Cut, half their normal swill, and it's combined into one. Uh, El Oso has uh, El Oso was hibernating, as Wesley Wells uh, says. Yeah, you know them bears. 
Sometimes it gets hot out and they need a couple extra days of sleep too. Hey, it's almost as if baseball players are human too and shit happens. Uh, Sick Nasty says, very solid point, Sick Nasty. Uh, it also goes to show you that maybe sometimes we hold our professional athletes to a ridiculously high standard. Our boy Lance Dance, Adam Butler at, from the Redbird Daily says, Bush doesn't have any worms now that Ozuna has been, pay, has been playing there for a couple months. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the, the bear has mined the field for worms. Uh, love that Adam Butler, by the way. Uh, check him out on the Redbird Daily. He's good. Uh, so, other than Marcelo Zuna and uh, him sleeping in today before the Cardinals game, what else did we want to talk about? Uh, hold on. Uh, he needed Machado as per... He, okay, so, uh, who do you like more, Helsley or Hudson? We'll answer that in tomorrow's Prospect Macarena. Can you talk about Luke Weaver's future, Forever Card says? Uh, Forever Cards asks, can we talk about Luke Weaver's future? Yeah, we can. Uh, how about this? You know, right now Luke Weaver would probably be the odd man out when Carlos Martinez and Alex Reyes come up. Uh, weakest position throughout this system, unfiltered anal, by the way. We get to say unfiltered anal, which brings a smile to my face that is just so inappropriate. Uh, first base, second base, uh, just the infield. Uh, anyways, getting back to Luke Weaver's future. Uh, Luke Weaver would be the odd man out if Carlos Martinez and Alex Reyes were ready to go tomorrow. But a lot can change between now and then. What I know is El uh, Luke Weaver is a tremendous asset to have in your organization. He's a great player uh, for his cost, and it's hard to give that up. Uh, Cards GIF asked me a really interesting question that I'm going to answer on tomorrow's Prospect Macarena you're going to want to tune in for about what a take-it-or-leave-it offer to the Orioles for Manny Machado would be. And I think it starts with Luke Weaver and Jose Martinez and maybe another prospect, and it'd be hard for the Orioles or the Cardinals to go higher or lower than that. So, uh, Cards GIF says Flaherty is greater than Weaver. I think we're all on board for that, and I think we were all on board for that before Mr. Weaver... Uh, or before Mr. Flaherty had his amazing start on Sunday. Higher ceiling, larger repertoire, more dynamic motion. A Weaver Ray is going to get traded. Yeah, unfiltered anal, anal says that uh, Weaver's going to get traded. I would think Weaver might be marginally expendable, but remember, you can never have enough pitching depth, and right now the bullpen is trash. My biggest thing is, does he go to the bullpen or AAA to get his innings? Uh, I don't, you know... What would I do in that circumstance? And, of course, what I would do is way different than what the organization would do in that circumstance. I would probably send... Now, again, Steve Barron will make room on the 40-man for Alex Reyes. I just tweeted a little while ago that I think Ryan Helsley would make a very, very big improvement to the bullpen uh, if called upon. But Helsley has to be added to the 40-man, so that would be a cluster there. They would have to take somebody off the 40-man to get Helsley up. Uh, I know this for a short period of time where it all gets sorted out, the Cardinals could get clever. It'd be hard for me to take Luke Weaver off of, of the 40 man, or off of the 25 man. You have to find, with the bullpen being as bad as he is, innings for him. And maybe you use him as a long man. You know, there's been a lot of talk about piggybacking. Uh, I don't know, but it'd be hard for me to send him down to AAA. Flaherty is a sex beast, Weaver not so much. Now, that is a fact. Now, you look at Luke Weaver, and we've seen his girlfriend. She's gorgeous. Luke Weaver has a beautiful wife, but he has trouble growing that facial hair. Now, facial hair is the only thing that I do well. I talk fast, and I grow facial hair. So, yeah, 
Uh, I tend to disregard people who don't do it. Uh, Weaver, Wong, and Helsley for Machado ever possible. Uh, Weaver, Wong, and Helsley. Yeah, I would think that that would get close to getting it done, but I don't know if I'd make that trade. Um, Hopple Mark, our boy Mark Hopple, says a six-man rotation. Mo has stated countlessly that that's not something they're interested in. Hudson, Gant, Voigt, Mercado gets Machado. Uh, unfiltered anal, you couldn't be any more wrong. Hudson, Gant, Voigt, Mercado do not get Mer- uh, Machado. It's not even close. Hudson and Mercado and Weaver gets it close, but not close enough. DFA Sosa for Helsley in the future. GM Gersh. Interesting point, but let me tell you a little bit about Edmundo Sosa. Edmundo Sosa has changed his swing, and over his last 12 games, changed his swing in the offseason, now he's starting to apply it practically in games. Uh, he's hitting like 360, 380, and then an OPS of like 990 or something crazy like that. He has five extra base hits in his last 50 at-bats. It's starting to come around. You don't designate a 22-year-old middle infield with super utility ability uh, until you absolutely have to. C. Schrock coming into play anytime soon. Uh, uh, Mr. Tyler Mustache asks, mm, I don't see it anytime soon. Remember, the Cardinals have a 40-man cluster right now. And it would take something like Jairo Muno, Jairo Muno's getting hurt and um, Colton Wong getting hurt and maybe even Matt Carpenter getting hurt before it happens. Keep in mind that Schrock can only play second. Uh, which players on the 40-man is most expendable? Wesley, I'll be honest... I don't think the Cardinals are in a position, other than Steve Barron, but we know how that's going to go. Steve Barron's going to be DFA'd to make room for Alex Reyes when Alex Reyes comes off the 60-day disabled list. Other than Steve Barron, I don't see an obvious answer. You know, to a degree, Francisco Pena could have been close, uh, but a lot of people will say Mundo Sosa. I don't feel that way. There's not an obvious answer. Uh, Leone... Leon to the 60-day DL is probably the closest answer to that. Maybe... I know they're talking about Gregerson throwing, maybe even Gregerson. Why is Hansen on the DL? It was shoulder fatigue. Shoulder fatigue. Uh, somebody says Voigt. Luke Voigt could be an option. Uh, the problem is the Cardinals love Luke Voigt. Weaver, Hudson, Gant, Gomber, rank them. Uh, I'll say Weaver's, Weaver's one and then a ways down Gomber, Hudson, Gant in the long haul. Uh, Holland, Tui, DFA. Now, I could understand why people would want to DFA Derek or uh, Greg Holland. Let's take a break on that. Let's just let him get some rest uh, and send him down to the minors and get him a fake DL stint. Sam Tuivala has been great, unless he was bad today. He's been great since coming off the DL. His velocity's back up and he looks nasty. Let's not pull the plug on Sam Tuivala yet. Uh, Tui has been great. That's right. Tui looks good recently. All right, got my Hanson question answered. I'm done for the night. See you, Graham. Uh, what's going on with Patrick Wisdom? Patrick Wisdom got off to a really terrible start for Memphis, and then lately he's really turned it back up. Uh, he's been really impressive, hitting doubles, hitting some home runs, taking good at bats, walking a little bit more, but he's still 26-27 uh, with probably a career 4A player. Uh, Tui's velocity and spin is up, so that's good, as our lovely and talented Zach Gifford uh, over at Birds on the Black says. Uh, oh, uh, Cecil looks great. Yeah, Brett Cecil, I would say, and I know he came in tonight, today's game. I was listening on the radio, heading from the job site to our shed, uh, so I didn't get to see what happened or hear what happened, but I heard it was good. How long until Norris's arm falls off like Manus and Seagrest? Uh, that's from the real uh, Auburn. Uh, probably not very long, but let's hope it's... Uh, so I'll give Matheny credit. He has said in the past 
that he doesn't like using Bud Norris on consecutive days. He doesn't like using him for consecutive, well, not consecutive days. He doesn't like using him for consecutive innings. And uh, he still has to do it every once in a while. The problem is the, the bullpen's vulnerable, and Matheny's just going to his old ways of using the arms that he feels comfortable with to try to get out of jams. A staying power of O'Neill with the crowded outfield. Well, with the crowded outfield, it's tough. And you would think that if they're going to give starter at bats, it would have to be Tyler O'Neill. You know, one thing that we've been saying since the beginning of this little prospects after dark is that Harrison Bader is a perfect fourth outfielder, and uh, you know, more so than than Tyler O'Neill would be. My thought is, I don't know what his staying power is, but if you're not going to give him regular at bats as a starter, then just send him down to Memphis. Uh, has Fowler shown any signs of improvement lately? I can't answer that. I'm going to stay out of that. It doesn't seem like it when I watch, but I can't say for sure. Odds Hicks throws 106 or even 107. Um, I'll say he'll hit 105.7, which people will round up to 106. Kyle, the price of Machado is overblown. He's getting a J.D. Martinez return. I think something between J.D. Martinez, as J. David Reed pointed out in our group chat uh, for the Prospects After Dark Fantasy League, uh, uh, Jonas Cespedes, and also what the Cardinals gave up for Matt Holiday. Look at that as a template. Uh, we know that the Cardinals were willing to go in that direction with Matt Holiday, and that gives us an idea of what they might be able to push for. Uh, Patrick B23 asks a little while ago, think cards draft a hitter or pitcher in the first round this year. Uh, this is a huge, huge, huge can of worms. Uh, this is what I will say. The Cardinals have a growing hole in their organization. All of their, their big-time prospects are at the top end. And a lot of their next-generation prospects are at the low end. That hole is big. I think what the Cardinals will do is they'll draft the best college-age player on their board. That's what I think. I think that with pick 19, the guy who they think can get to the majors quickest, that's who they'll draft. Did you know Evan Mendoza is my prospect? That's right, Forever Cards. We gave you a good one. I told you, I won't let you down. If I'm going to assign you a prospect, I'm not going to let you down. Uh, uh, as Ryan Shule will point out there, too, he'll back me up. Uh, I gave him uh, Stefan Trosclair, and people kind of laugh, but you know what? Stefan Trosclair is in Springfield and holding his own. Why does it Hicks throw a four-seam? Seems like having both rise and sink uh, would help miss bats. That's a great question. So what a lot of people don't realize is that Mr. Hicks does throw a four-seam. Uh, he doesn't throw it off, and he relies mostly on the two-seam. Uh, and the reason is, honestly, because what's the point in throwing a four-seam if you're not getting good spin on it? Uh, STL Cup of Joe kind of talked about it a little bit on the Kevin Wheeler show today. Or not today, yesterday, rather. Uh, by the way, STL Cup of Joe was great on the Kevin Wheeler show. You should go back and podcast it if given the opportunity. Um, but, you know... If you want someone to throw a four-seam, you want them to have high spin like Ryan Helsley has in between 2,400 and 2,500 RPMs, uh, or spins per minute or whatever the hell it is. Uh, you want that, and that's not what Jordan Hicks does. So it would be really nice, yeah, if he, if he threw the, the four-seam, but he doesn't. Uh, Delvin Perez have a future at the majors still early. I know he's way young. Absolutely, Delvin Perez has a future in the major leagues, but let's not get our expectations crazy about what that is or what that might look like. Let's see how he produces this year. This is a fresh start for him is what we've decided here at Prospects After Dark. Um, so, yes, the, the chance of 
uh, any of these guys becoming a professional or making a major league debut is still there. Bryce Denton, Nick Plummer, Delvin Perez, it's still there. Every year that they kind of toil around, the number, the chance percentage dies down a little bit. Uh, but there's still a chance, and let's not let's not give up on Delvin just yet. Have you looked much at Blaine Knight, college pitcher who will probably still be there at 19? You know, so I was talking to our boy Brendan via direct message, uh, B Sports 1993 or some crazy shit like that. Here's what you're gonna find out. You're gonna find out when you when you dra- when you look into the Major League Baseball draft that there were probably 200 to 300 guys. You have your top end guys, your top 10 guys who are your top 10 guys, and then from 11 to 300, you have a lot of guys who are pretty similar. Uh, some of them will be in college, some of them will be in high school, but you have guys that are pretty similar. I have looked into Mr. Knight. I think he's fine. I think he's great, but I don't think he does a lot to separate himself from some of the other prospects that are available at that spot. Uh, I told GM Gersh maybe a month, a month and a half ago, the guy that I really like is Trevor Larnack. Uh, At the time, Trevor wasn't a first-round pick. He was a late second-round pick, and now he's moved his way into the first round, and that's heartbreaking. Uh, We talk a lot about Seth Beer here. Seth Beer might be available at uh, 23 overall, or uh, 43 overall. That'd be great. Uh, but not just Seth Beer, you know, not just Seth Beer. There's Kennerman uh, from NC State, who I love. There's also uh, uh, Chris Bubik from uh, uh, Stanford, who I love. There'll be plenty of options. And as long as, in my opinion, as long as the Cardinals don't dip into the high school hitting well, I think they're going to have a good pick at 19. Uh, is Mendoza a top 100 prospect if he breaks double A? No. No, so the problem with Evan Mendoza, he's great. You guys know I love him. But the problem with Evan Mendoza is that he doesn't hit for enough power yet. Uh, his contact tool is pretty damn good. Uh, but as a third baseman, everybody's going to want him to hit for power before they put him on a top 100 list. Kentucky disappointed me this year, Forever Card says. Uh, the, uh, the pitcher who pitched 115 pitches on short rest, Jelme uh, or whatever his name is. I butchered his name, of course. I apologize for that. Um... You know, Kentucky does bad to their pitchers. If I'm an adult, if I have kids, I would never, ever, ever uh, send my kids to Kentucky. Although, if they wanted to go, I'd let them because it's a free fucking country and don't try to control your kids when they turn 18. Uh, Graham, blah, blah, blah. Who is the best position player in Cardinals minor league system? Oh, uh, Tara Wellman says, my co-worker who knows Kramer Robertson's mom keeps asking me about him. So, how is Kramer Robertson doing? Well... Uh, you should what the first step lie to your friend and tell him that he's doing great. He, everything looks good. He's amazing. He's fantastic. Uh, but right now it's not good for Kramer. He's hitting 216. He's striking out a lot. He's not hitting a lot of extra bases. Uh, he's at Palm Beach, which is a really really tough hitters league, and his style of baseball doesn't play well there. Uh, it's kind of a bummer. But yeah, just lie to your friend is what I would do. Uh, I think we'll cut our losses with Fowler because of the young guys coming up. I do not believe there's any circumstance in which the Cardinals cut their losses with Fowler. Maybe if Dexter Fowler is willing to drop that no-trade clause, they'll look to another team, take on a lot of that contract, and send Dexter Fowler off on his merry way uh, to wherever he wants to go and get, you know, Raider Ascension, uh, uh, in return, which is nothing to say. Uh, I need to know about Victor Roach. He hit a home run every time I go to Hammond's Field. So and that comes from Nicholas Childress, who is doing the Prospect Macarena videos. Nicholas, I answered that question in Prospect Macarena number six, which should be out tomorrow, I would think. 
Uh, the, here's the deal with Victor Roach. Victor Roach was a first-round pick out of uh, by the Milwaukee Brewers in, in 28th overall, I think, 100 years ago. And he had big power, and he had a projectable body. As you'll see, he's a total monster, that Victor Roach. But he never really put it together consistently. After six years, seven years in the Brewers organization, they let him walk. The Cardinals signed him as a, as a minor league free agent. And he changed his swing. He shortened it and introduced a little bit of launch angle in there. And now he's hitting bombs. But keep in mind with a guy like Victor Roach, who is that old at that level, what he's doing is awesome, but it's not impressive. It's standard. Uh, we'll see what it looks like if he makes it to AAA. If he starts hitting bombs at AAA, you're talking about Jeremy Hazelbaker. You know, you're talking about a guy who's a minor league journeyman who might be able to be something between Jeremy Hazelbaker and, like, halfway in between Jose Martinez and Xavier Scruggs. Uh, oh, we had a bunch of really great questions that Cardinals GIF is relaying to me. Uh, he's a little bit behind me, though. Kyle is dating Langford. Yeah, me and the lovely and talented Ray Langford, we're going steady. Uh, it's been a big change. I haven't taken a drink in a while. We are drinking the Jim Beam Distiller's Cut, which I think is pretty much half Devil's Cut, half regular, and it's okay. Do you think O'Neill is here to stay? Ugh. Do I think Tyler O'Neill is here to stay? No, I don't. Uh, I don't think there's going to be enough at bats. I think either uh, Marcelo Zuna or Dexter Fowler will start hitting, and it'll force them to send him down. Who is your favorite player in the draft? My favorite player in the draft is, uh, uh, it, I mean, it's Seth Beer. I don't know if he, I mean, he's not the best player, but I love Beer at Bush Stadium. I'm, I'm a honk for that stuff. Uh, I like uh, Kumar Rocker. I like Brett. I, another player that I'm really big on is Brett Kinneman out of NC State. I love Chris Bubik. I talk about him a lot. Um, Jerry Ironman, I believe is how you pronounce it, from Missouri State. I like Trevor Larnack. Uh, there are a lot of really, really great players in the draft. If we're talking about who would go one, uh, I watched Mr. Uh, Mize for Auburn pitch over the, over the weekend, or last weekend, I think. He was incredible. I haven't watched Brady Singer pinch since last year, and Mize is better than Singer was last year. Uh, Weaver needs to be traded. No reason to waste his talent in the bullpen or minors. Uh, under most circumstances, I would agree with you, and I get the sentiment about trading Luke Weaver. If the right deal is there, you trade Luke Weaver, but you don't trade him just because he wastes away at the minors or wastes away in the bullpen. The Cardinals' bullpen is in need of help, and if Luke Weaver is going to help the bullpen, you send him there. A lot of people try to make a Luke Weaver-Joe Kelly comparison. Joe Kelly was a college closer. Uh, Luke Weaver was never that, but if you think that Luke Weaver's velocity could tick up and he could be dynamite, the first time around, maybe you put him in the bullpen and maybe you just see how it goes. Uh, what I know is that these problems will sort themselves out. Forever Cardinals puts the heart eyes on Kumar Rocker. I like him a lot too, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Tyler Moustache as Moe's Algorithm asked. By the way, Moe's Algorithm does that podcast with two birds on a bat. It's fantastic. You should check it out. Uh, the, 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 uh, the, um, the, the damn segment uh, is... Uh, uh, talks about bow ties. I'm sorry, I forgot what exactly what it is, but again, it, it's great. You do a great job, Mose. Kyle, what do you expect from Mendoza at Double A? I expect an extrapolation of what we're seeing right now. So you're seeing a lot of singles. Uh, you're seeing him get on base. You're seeing him reach out to the ball, breaking pitch and fastballs on the outside corner, and going with them. Uh, it's an aggressive promotion for him, and he'll be fine there. 
But don't be surprised if at the end of the year you look at his stats and you're underwhelmed. They'll be overwhelming again next year. But as long as he holds his own, uh, doesn't strike out a lot, I think what I will look for most, more so than anything with Evan Mendoza is that he's not striking a lot. Striking out a lot. Uh, bow ties and sweaters. That's it from Holy Shield. That's Mr. Moe's Algorithms. Uh, fantastic hit on uh, Two Birds on a Bat's podcast. Check it out. Uh, let's see. Cards Gift says bourbon, black gentleman's face, I guess Ray Langford, uh, and Prospect Center Direct. Is Terry Fuller hitting bombs yet? That's from a BQ Train. Uh, that's from BQ Train. Uh, he's hitting bombs in extended spring training. The Terry Fuller update is, for those of you who don't know, Terry Fuller is the Auburn football prospect who decided to sign on after being drafted in the 15th round of the 2017 draft by the St. Louis Cardinals. He is hitting bombs at extended spring training, the first offseason that he's dedicated himself to just baseball, and all reports out of Palm Beach, out of Jupiter, is that he is rolling, rolling, rolling. And ready to bust out a little bit at the short season clubs here in the mid part of June when short season kicks up. I've heard that he's going to start at Johnson City. We'll see exactly where he fires up. And uh, man, I love that Terry Fuller. Between our, you know, Graham, our boy Graham here loves that Victor Roach, our uh, Victor Garcia. But between Terry Fuller, Brady Whalen, and and Victor Garcia, there's going to be some really interesting names in the organization currently to keep an eye on during draft time. Uh, if people would have listened to Prospect Macarena, we'd be at After Dark. That's right. Again, you know, this is uh, awfully self-serving, and I apologize for feeding into this, but uh, the Prospect Macarena at Birds on the Black is a great tool. We've cut it down into 30 to 45-minute segments where I answer your questions, and uh, it's usually some pretty good stuff. You guys ask better questions than answers I give, so keep that in mind. Uh, is Ray is a for-sure thing in the rotation when he gets here? Tyler Mustache asks, well, um... That GM, the actual real GM, Mike Gersh, said on the radio the other day that he is absolutely going to enter the rotation. So there you go. Uh, who was the catcher first baseman with power that the Cardinals took last year? That was Zach Jackson. They've, they've worked him out exclusively at first base. He will exclusively, or uh, exclusively at catcher. He will be exclusively a catcher until probably next year when they realize it's a bad idea. Uh, high school age kid with, with immense amount of power that I personally don't believe will translate. Uh, but we'll see how it goes, one step at a time. Another fun note about Brady Whalen. Uh, I've been meaning to bring this up, and I completely forgot about it. The Cardinals have moved Brady Whalen to first base. Brady Whalen is a first baseman now. He is no longer a third baseman, and that was part of the reason why Brady stayed at extended spring training all year. Uh, also, I'm going to start working on that Macarena now. Nicholas, take your time, buddy. You knocked it out of the park with number five. I put a lot on your plate. And you, you exceeded expectation as I've come to expect, but I shouldn't expect because it's not fair on you. You do incredible work, Nicholas Childress. And chill, 17. Idea on rotation bullpen decision to come. Uh, Eric Thomas, uh, the, 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 I guess my lieutenant in uh, the, uh, the resistance. Uh, Eric, you know, I believe personally these things will sort themselves out. I know that Alex Reyes will make a start tomorrow night for Memphis. And I know that his return is on the cusp. What I know is John Gant will be the odd man out until Carlos Martinez is ready to go. And I see nothing but time in between the eventual decision that needs to happen. And I see nothing but problems that help sort themselves out. So, you know, if you're asking me right now, say Martinez and Reyes come back, I'm moving Weaver to the bullpen. 
and uh, operating from there. Uh, what, with, what went wrong with Brinson, Graham asks. That's up to you to find out. Gifts send Kyle the side-by-side of Flaherty and Scherzer. So Forever Cards noticed something that Jack Flaherty and Max Scherzer have similar, similar motions. Uh, almost, like 85% similar, in my opinion. Uh, the arm action is a little bit different upon the landing leg, as STL Cup of Joy Joe pointed out in our group chat. Uh, but it's worth checking out. Uh, I believe we're kind of working on something in regards to that. I don't know for sure, but uh, hopefully Cards Gifts tweets that out because it's an awesome side-by-side. And it's fun and it's interesting, right? Because Jack Flaherty has kind of a similar side-by-side to Max Scherzer. And Austin Gomber has a near-identical side-by-side to Clayton Kershaw. Uh, also, the prospect I keep bringing up who I would like for the Cardinals to draft in some capacity during the 2018 draft, Chris Bubik. Bubik is like part Gomber, part uh, Kershaw as far as uh, just just stuff. Uh, what's up, sir, from the lovely and talented Jason, Mr. Hicks. Uh, Mr. Hicks, how are you, sir? Thank you for joining our, our little extravaganza. Uh, it, it's great for you to join. Uh, Ryan Margold asked, are they skipping Gant with the off day or no? Honestly, Ryan, I, uh, I've been putting in somewhere between 12 and 16 hour days over the last couple, I mean, all week between, uh, what's going on and, uh, uh, you know, between full-time job and personal stuff, almost 20 hour day on Monday, I guess. Anyways, uh, I don't know what's going to go on, but my guess is that they'll roll with them, hopefully, because everyone needs a little rest. Let's uh, blah, blah, blah. I saw that a while back, but I didn't think it was relevant. Damn. I don't know. Gant, oh, Mo's algorithm clears it up. Gant is scheduled to pitch on Friday in Pittsburgh, which puts him almost perfectly on time for uh, Mr. Uh, Reyes to come and relieve him of his duties, to relieve him of his watch, as it were. Uh, Jim Beam. Uh, let's see. We had a bunch of stuff come in. Let's see, May 29th. Anything on Nathaniel Heredia or Luis Tena or just average teenage international free agent signings? So the most important thing you need to know about me as a prospect evaluator, which is really to say just some old asshole who reads about prospects a lot, uh, is that I, I stay as far away from international signings until they're at least 18 uh, because, of you know, you don't want to break any laws. No, I, because there's no way of judging their talent. You can't. All you can do is read. You can't see anything. And the guys sometimes will make $2 million on a bonus and they might not ever become anything. And then you see a guy make $200,000 on a bonus and he's Hilarious Montero. Uh, I don't care. It, it's, it's a flippant thing for someone who calls himself like a prospect insider to say. But I don't care about a 16-year-old from, from the Dominican. Not until he makes it stateside. I only care about the players who are playing stateside. Everything else is just a recreational sport for me. There are 250 players in the organization. I want to focus on the ones that are closest to the major leagues first. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have other. We, do we have any other stuff? Shouldn't Hicks be the closer? You know, that's a that's a debatable thing. But what I will say is, I think Jordan Hicks is better than a lot of people are giving him credit for. Uh, I think that he's an unconventional type of good. I think we become so excited about strikeouts that we forget that if you're making contact, weak contact, uh, that's almost as good as striking people out. The strikeouts will come with Jordan. You guys know that. They'll come. 
He's 21 years old. He was rushed to the, you know, not like rushed to the majors. Uh, he was prepared for it. His stuff was there. But give him some time to hone his skill and see where it goes. I know this. I would not take him out of that bullpen to save my life right now. And I would not hesitate to use him in any high leverage situa situation that came up. Uh, let's see. How's Mr. Ryan Sheriff coming along? Now, Tyler Mustache, I can tell you that I don't have an update on his health. What I can tell you is that all signs point to him being on schedule to return, uh, probably pitching in the very near future. Oh, Victoria Dryden. Oh, so fun story about Victoria Dryden. So when we did the ALS raffle last Wednesday, a week from today, uh, a week ago, uh, I said that she might not be a real person. Turns out Victoria Dryden is a real person and a lovely person to that. So Victoria, thank you so much for joining. Uh, and thank you so much for contributing to ALS research. Uh, let's see. We've had a ton of questions that are coming in as, uh, let's see, Mr. Hicks, what did you feed your son the other day? Uh, up to about two to three miles out of nowhere. Uh, I heard, I actually heard Jason Hicks, or Jordan Hicks talking about that, why he was hitting 105. He came in and replaced Jack Flaherty and he said as he was coming in, Flaherty got the standing ovation and he could really feel his juices flowing. And he said that was part of the reason why he might have been able to hit 105, uh, 104 consistently. He said that he was he was jazzed up and ready to go. Look, here's what I know is that's a smart kid. That's an immensely talented and immensely smart kid. He'll make it. I guarantee that. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Do, okay. So again, uh, just to do a little uh, reset. Just to do a little reset. We have the Jim Beam Distillers Cut. Uh, we're gonna take a drink. And we're going to cheer to a weekend series against Pittsburgh in which the Cardinals get their stuff together. Also, we always cheer to the Hicks family. Uh, while we bring up the Piscotti ALS raffle, uh, I also want to thank one more time everybody who contributed prizes and everyone who donated, uh, and to Matt Land, uh, STL Matt Knowles, uh, for, for spearheading that. That was an incredible thing that I felt super fortunate to be a part of. And uh, to all of the people who contributed, thank you so much. Uh, I, I appreciate it. And hopefully, the, the we, we ended up gaining over $1,000. Hopefully, that little bit of $1,000 ends up helping in the long run. Uh, Tyler Moustache says, I live in KC. The last two days have been rough in the office. Yeah, I'm sure you're getting a lot of gloating. Uh, Hicks' chances to make it long-term are better without the uh, the manager. Maybe, but I, you know, you can't look at the way that Mike Matheny has handled Jordan Hicks so far and shake your head. He's done a great job. I, he hasn't abused him the way that he might, and it still might happen. But, you know, I personally have been pleased by the way that Jordan Hicks has been used. Uh, Kelly is catching Reyes tomorrow in Memphis. That's another really interesting thing. Tomorrow will be the first day of Carson Kelly's rehab assignment with the, uh, the Memphis Redbirds. He'll be catching Alex Reyes. And I would recommend to everyone, if they're going to watch that Memphis game uh, on MILB TV or uh, in person, keep an eye on Carson Kelly, too. Uh, Norris is not a closer, Johnny G says. Maybe not. Uh, I know that he's getting overused right now, and I personally am a little concerned about uh, the multiple inning stretches that he's, he's gone. Uh, how can I watch Reyes tomorrow without paying? Does anyone know? Uh, the answer is you can't. Sorry, Patrick B. Uh, when is Mabry getting fired? Holy Schilt asks. Uh, I would think that that would take 
a very long losing streak before John Mabry gets fired. I would think the Cardinals would have to drop underneath 500 before John Mabry gets fired. Uh, so, you know, in the immediate future, it doesn't look like that is a possibility. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, so, DeGarg says, ma than Udger. Uh, with a shit track record of with relievers. You're right. He's Mr. Matheny has used and abused Rosenthal and Segrist and Manis and Bowman, and he's probably compromised the long-term uh, sustainability of those players. Manis for sure. Segrist for sure. Rosenthal maybe for sure. Uh, but he's doing okay with Jordan Hicks right now. They're being cautious. Uh, we just lost to the Royals while scoring two runs on a stolen base and a ground out. Ah, it's a bad day. I didn't get to watch the game. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna comment very little about the game. What I will say is it seemed like Michael Waka was pitching really well, and uh, that's it. Uh, what are the Cardinals' positions? Cardinals' position on Kelly? Will they trade him, or is he really the future? I, I wish I could answer that. I wish I could tell you what the Cardinals' position on Kelly is. I know this. I know that they gave him the majority of the starts. The minute that Yadier Molina got hurt, uh, I think what gets lost sometimes, right? As a fan, you see catcher, and you see, and you think to yourself, "Oh, a catcher has a lot of value to other organizations." And you're right about that. Catchers take longer to develop than other players. Ask Austin Hedges. Ask Mike Zunino. Uh, ask Yadier Molina. People forget that it took two or three years, even with the defense, to get Yadier Molina as we came to love him. Uh, you can never have enough catching depth in your organization. So, are they going to trade him? I would think the Cardinals wouldn't trade him unless it was in the right deal. But again, I can't speak for what the Cardinals would do or where they view things. Uh, I just think that... You know, maybe in the right deal he'd go. Who is a prospect you missed on the most good or bad forever cards? I'm going to cheer to you. So the first name that always comes to my mind is Matt Adams. Uh, I thought Matt Adams was going to be a perennial all-star. Like, 16-year career, three-time all-star, playing first base, anchoring a lineup. Because he was good against righties and good against lefties in the minor leagues. Um, who did I miss good on? I'm usually pretty good. So the one thing I do particularly well is I'm usually good at stuffing out the prospects who might struggle. So who outkicked my coverage? We'll, we'll look at the 25-man the right now, Harrison Bader. Every time you look at Harrison Bader, Harrison Bader was not a center fielder. He was not super athletic. He was athletic, but not the kind of projectable athleticism. He wasn't like mega fast, not like he is now. Uh... I disrespected Harrison's, Harrison Bader's work ethic. I knew he was a hard worker, but I didn't think he would be a hard enough worker to maximize every one of his tools. And make no mistake, what we are seeing out of Harrison Bader right now is him completely maximized. I never thought we'd ever see this. The thing I like to say is that most prospects uh, have a 5 or 10% chance of reaching their, their ceiling. And... Harrison Bader is that 5 or 10%. He, he reached his ceiling. Now, he could still climb to another level, uh, but you saw over the last 12, 15 games that when he starts, he, he starts to struggle a little bit more. He's a perfect fourth outfielder. He's a perfect skip Schumacher with a little bit more power and a little less contact. 
Uh, somebody said Bader is a third outfielder. I disagree. He's a he's a very very okay third outfielder that you wouldn't want playing every day. You would you would you would look to optimize, right? He's probably not better than Steven Piscotty. He he's probably on par with Randall Grichik. He's that kind of of outfielder. He's the kind of outfielder that you want as a fourth outfielder. You know, getting three hundred at bats and uh, subbing an otherwise old and injury-prone outfield. Uh, have you noticed O'Neill struggling against left-handed pitching in the minors? I have not. So, uh, Zach Gifford asked that question. Zach, let me tell you a little bit about my history with Tyler O'Neill. I've been a big Tyler O'Neill fan as part of the Mariners organization for a very long time, uh, since the first time I saw him. I didn't really watch him other than highlights. I remember him hitting a home run off of Clayton Kershaw in spring training in 2016, I believe. Uh, but I, I don't have much of a memory of him being bad against lefties. What I will say is I don't remember Tyler O'Neill ever being bad early in counts against breaking pitches from lefties. And I haven't watched a ton of Tyler O'Neill since he's been up with the majors and raking. Uh, but I don't feel like he has that, that weird reverse split. And if he does have the weird reverse split, I think it might be a little misleading. Uh, I'm a big fan of that that Tyler O'Neill, as everyone knows. Sorry, I've got to take a drink of water. I apologize. Uh, allergies have gotten me. And then I get that cotton mouth. And then I'm just clawing. Uh, I... I don't see the issue there. Uh, it doesn't mean it won't be there. It doesn't mean that the major league consistent breaking pitch that he probably hasn't seen in his entire life uh, won't get him in the long run. Uh, what, you know, that bat, the bat against Aaron Nola is a perfect example of how Tyler O'Neill has developed. When the Cardinals traded for Tyler O'Neill, and even at the end of the 2017 season, Tyler O'Neill could not hit. There's no way in a million years upon reaching the majors he would have hit anything that resembled the, the Aaron Nola breaking pitch. Ever. Uh, he hasn't seen anything nearly that nasty by a lefty, not even remotely. And I would expect as he gets more used to it, we're going to see a, a, a more productive Tyler O'Neill. But uh, that's the most long-winded way, Zach, and I apologize for taking the long way around. Uh, the, that's the long way of me saying that I do not personally remember ever making a mental note about struggles against lefties. Uh, but you have the data, and I trust your, da your data more than I trust this idiot thing here. Sorry if this has already been asked, but how is Adolis Garcia progressing? Expectations and ceiling. Uh, was getting O'Neal the best prospect we've gotten in trade in recent memory? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Marco Gonzalez, even if Marco Gonzalez is solid for the Mariners, for Tyler O'Neal is just a complete steal. Uh, Jag, the, the Jose Adolis Garcia conversation, Jag, uh, as I talk about in the Prospect Macarena, I think it's number six that will come out tomorrow. Uh, if I had to drop a prospect off of my top 30 other than Junior Fernandez, I'm dropping Jose Adolis Garcia. I tweeted about it a bunch with a bunch of gifts, and the deal is he's getting beat on everything outside. He He's getting beat inside because he's getting peppered outside with fastballs and curveballs and breaking pitches and change-ups and sliders. And he doesn't know what to do with it. He can't do anything with it. So when they do pitch him over the middle of the plate or in, he's just froze. And he takes half-hearted swings at everything when, when he's in that situation. I'm pouring a little bit more in my glass. We're at the 43-minute mark. And uh, I want to keep going because this is fun. Uh, so, you know, the thing I've always said, and this is another thing as we talk about Jose Adolis Garcia, as we talk about Jag. 
Uh, the Cardinals have another prospect named Ramon Urias, kind of similar to Jag. Jag's a Cuban. Urias uh, played in the Mexican League. With the older players, just like Victor Roach, we talked about Victor Roach. With the older players, you can't get too invested in their success or struggles because they're probably playing against talent that they're more advanced than. And uh, that's kind of what the deal is with Jag. You know, Jag was good at Springfield last year and uh, good at Memphis last year, but he never really created an identity for himself. And now we're seeing pitchers toy with the identity that he, he, he toyed with, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. So, Cards Gifts gives the cheers to Tyler Mustache. Uh, I will raise my glass. Uh, ooh. Uh, Forever Cards asks, how is Ronnie Williams doing since being promoted? Ronnie Williams actually had Tommy John surgery, believe it or not. He seemed zoned into Palm Beach, and then he went to Springfield and had a, a good appearance. And then, lo and behold, he needed Tommy John. So, we're a year, you know, 12 to 18 months away from seeing Ronnie Williams again. Good news is he's still young. And more than likely, that keeps him in the bullpen exclusively, and maybe he comes back and is uh, ready to rake. So again, cheers to Tyler Mustache, because that's what Cardinals Gift says, and Cardinals Gifts is the best human being on earth. Great question here by Sick Nasty. If you had to make sweet, tender love to one prospect, who would it be? Uh, yeah, we're in the Kyle After Dark part of PAD. Uh, how about this? Now, if I was going to have some, like, rough and tumble, treat me like a toilet kind of sex, it would definitely be Jag. Now, if we're going to have sweet, passionate, tender love, you know, I think, I had to think about how old Dylan Carlson was. Holy cow. I think that I, you know, Dylan Carlson seems more like a lover than a fighter to me. And I think passion is exuded through Dylan Carlson's body. Oh my god. <clears throat> All right, so now it's Kyle After Dark. Prospects After Dark is in the toilet uh, with my mind. Bring your FMKs and your intercourse and coitus-related questions. Uh, this is where we're. This is what we're here for. Stu Styles says, "Good. I'd like to know." By the way, Stu Styles, we're almost at number fifty. It continues to do an amazing job doing the daily recaps at Birds on the Black of Cardinal Games. Great job, Stu. Uh, was Montero in the top thirty? And if not, where would he be now? Uh, Alaris Montero was my personal number 34 or 35 prospect. Uh, right now, if I was to do just based on the season, he would be in the top 20. If I was re-ranking as far as future, past, and present, he'd probably be 20 exactly. Uh, Evan Mendoza moved up. But Alaris Montero is the top 20 prospect in the organization, uh, knocking on the door of stardom. Uh, yeah. Look, between... And by the way, he's become a, he's he's an okay third baseman. Things are still kind of weird. Probably a first baseman. We'll see. Uh, Wellington Castillo, 80 games, just PED suspension today. I had no idea. I didn't see that. Thanks for the update, Eric Thomas. What's the deal on Tyler O'Neill's girlfriend wife? Hot, right? I don't know. I don't know what Tyler O'Neill's girlfriend or wife looks like. I imagine she can bench press a car. Uh, this is the fuck Jag episode. No, no. This is the Jag fucks you like a beast episode. Uh, this is the, the one time you bottom it's for Jag episode. Uh, this is the Dylan Carlson makes sweet tender love episode. Uh, FMK, Norris, Gregerson, and Holland. You know, right now, even if you love Derek, or Derek, I always say Derek Holland. It, even now, if you love Greg Holland, like, if you find him attractive, you gotta kill him because he's ruined it. Uh, Gregerson, 
since he's on the DL, he gets a pass when you overlook the fact that he has been unsuccessful and Holland's been the 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 the, the, the worst. Uh, I'd probably I believe that I have magical juices, and I think my magical juices for one night only could help Gregerson. And then I'm marrying whoever the other one was, Norris. But Norris, because, like, I, you know, I've said in the past with these FMKs with Bud Norris, he's just a little down the wrong road, you know? He, he's a little racist, and I believe that we can open his mind to better things, and you can't do that in one night. It takes an entire marriage. Uh, FMK, Ray Vincent, Ryan Kelly, and Al Rabosky. Hey, Lauren Bundy! Lauren Bundy, how are you? Okay, so Ray Vincent, Ryan Kelly, and Al Rabosky. That Ryan Kelly is the absolute mensch. He is uh, not only with the home loans, but he's a great dude. You would marry, unquestioned, you would marry Ryan Kelly. Uh, that Ray Vincent is the scariest looking human being other than myself that I've ever had the pleasure of seeing. Uh, you'd murder him and then the other one you just bang because you're out of choices. Uh, Cruddy and Winghaven says, Cruddy and Winghaven, my friend, uh, my Twitter friend, uh, uh, Corey Rudd. Who, by the way, I love Corey Rudd. I mean it. Corey Rudd, Art Lippo, uh, Cards Farms, John Nagel. They always have a hard, hard spot in my heart. And I'm saying hard because we're in Kyle After Dark. I love those guys. Uh, out here in Winghaven, we need a different kind of saving. Jesus does not like our pineapples and white rocks. <laughs> oh, we'll save you, brother. We'll save you. Uh, who can read a lineup card better, McCarver or Shannon? That's a great question. Uh, I like the way Shannon does it because Shannon has given up on trying to do it properly. Like, Shannon's not trying. Shannon's just being Shannon. McCarver is still trying to be a professional and it's just not going over well. Uh, so, easily, if I have to listen to one of the two, McCarver or Shannon, I'm listening to Irish because he's, he's hilarious. Like, he knows that his shtick is a shtick. And instead of being like, instead of playing it up to shtickish levels or trying to be better than it, he just is him. And there's nothing I love more than a person who is just them. Uh, FMK, Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor. That one answers itself. Uh, Lauren Bundy says, Mike Shannon. Oh, I missed it. Uh, yeah, he, uh, somebody said Derek Fowler. That's an old McCarverism. Uh, Mike, uh, let's see. Uh, blah, blah. Mike Shannon is the worst, Mo's algorithm says. Uh, as I've said in the past, I know that um, uh, uh, Mike Claiborne gets a bad rap, too. I like Mike Claiborne. I love he just says that position, calls Mike List the right-handed hurler. So my brother Michael and I were talking about this yesterday in the car. And the best is, uh, we listened to like two innings, and he didn't say one person's name. It was just right-handed hitter, and right-handed hitter's up, and the hurler throws it. Hits it to the first baseman. First baseman throws it to the second baseman. Second baseman turns it back to the first. That's a that's a three, four, three double play. You don't see those very often. He he went two innings without saying anyone's name, just saying the position. And that's the beauty of Mike Shannon. He just he cuts out the middleman. He and actually he cuts out the person and just deals with the middleman. Uh, Shannon is a national treasure, as Eric Thomas says. I agree. Best outfielder potential in the whole farm past O'Neal uh, from Graham. Tyler Mustache asks, what, why is Michaelis' nickname the Lizard King? It's because during an AFL game, an Arizona Fall League game, he ate a lizard. Uh, who is the Cardinals' best defensive catcher in the farm system? It's Dennis Ortega, more than likely. But don't undersell 
just how good Carson Kelly is. I know everyone is down on him, but keep in mind he's still an above-average framer on the corners and up. He's below average, especially on breaking pitches low, as Zach Gifford at Birds on the Black wrote about and talked about. Uh, the one thing that gets overlooked about his game is how great he is at blocking pitches in the dirt, and he calls a good game. So, oh my God. BQ Train asked, FMK, Edmonds, Ankeel, and Thompson. Now, I love Brad Thompson, but immediately I'm murdering him because Ankeel and Edmonds are, like, they're top meat, right? They are the upper echelon of man meat. Uh, other than Tyler O'Neill, of course. God bless Canada. Uh, ooh, wow. Here's the thing about Rick Ankeel, right? You don't want to engage in a long-term relationship with that because you just don't know where it's going to go. You could be in the bedroom, you could... All of a sudden, your balls are hitting the wall. Uh, I would have a great, magical one-night stand with Rick Ankeel, and then uh, I'd marry Jim Edmonds because of those dreamy eyes in the half shirt. Uh, let's see. Why is everyone giving up on Kelly after 180, 108 plate appearances? Because people are, are nuts. That's why. Again, 47 plate appearances in 54 games last year. You can't judge a rookie based on that. What outfielder has the highest potential in the whole farm past O'Neill? You know me, Graham. I'm going to say Randy Arozarena. Right now, Oscar Mercado is getting a lot of play, and he should, and he deserves it, and he's probably going to be a major leaguer, and he's probably going to have a really solid career. But I personally believe that Randy Arozarena has the highest ceiling. Dylan Carlson could hit another level. Scott Hurst, who I am constantly comparing to John Jay because of his hit tool, his contact tool, and his outfield ability. And early John Jay, not late John Jay with a really, really bad arm. Average arm John Jay, which is what we saw at first. Uh, that's what I think. Yeah. Ozuna's slump buster turned off his alarm. Yeah. Uh, balls are hitting the wall episode. That's right, Luke. Hey, Luke. How are you, buddy? Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, so, uh, again, there's a lot of talk about uh, uh, Mr. Ozuna and his alarm. I don't care about that. You know, people will talk, as we talked earlier in the episode, people talked about benching Ozuna. I want to bench him just to give him some rest, uh, not because he missed his alarm. Who asked more questions, Graham or the field? It's Graham. And the funny thing about Graham and the questions he asks is it's the same question over and over again. Does Ozuna's yellow sleeve bother you, Johnny G? No, I'm not a uniform guy. I don't care about any of that stuff. Uh, I think the Birds on the Black is a beautiful, beautiful uniform. Or the Birds on the Black. How funny is that? Birds on the Bat is a beautiful, beautiful, iconic uh, J. David Reed, J. David, we were praising you earlier, buddy. We were praising you earlier. Hi, J. David. Uh, I love you, buddy. It's been a pleasure to talk to you in the group chat. Um, I, I'm not a uniform guy. I don't care. Let them do whatever they want as long as they don't mess with that, the dynamic of the pants and jersey top. I'm fine with it. Uh, I'm so tired of hearing about Ozuna's oversleeping. So Lauren, Lauren and I engage, well... Let's just say there's a guy on Twitter who's been very controversial, especially when it comes to minorities and foreigners. Just going to throw that out there. And uh, the way that they play baseball. And uh, people are maybe blowing things up and make, turn it, making them a bigger deal than what they are. Uh, FMK card starting outfield, Ozuna, Fam, and Fowler. Uh, Dexter Fowler is the ultimate wife material. Uh, Marcelo Ozuna, he's fine, but I don't think he brings anything to the table. And Tommy Fam would give you the night of your life. Uh, let's see, major street cred for how positive she is. No, so Lauren Bundy, if you're not following Lauren Bundy on Twitter, you need to be following Lauren Bundy on Twitter because she is fantastic. Uh, she is a voice of reason when people lose their damn minds, and uh, she's just really level-headed, and 
more than likely, if she's calling you out for some of your crazy stuff, you should probably do the checking. Uh, whoever said that for calling Lauren Bundy out for being fantastic deserves credit, too. Uh, we've been all over the place. I've uh, Let's see. Graham says, I'd trade Alex Reyes for Alex Hansen, to be honest. Graham would trade Alex Reyes, who is coming off of a shoulder injury and who's, who is... Uh, Mo's algorithm says Lauren's okay. I think both Mo's and Lauren are fantastic. Uh, you should follow both of them and get their own thing. Uh, Graham's nuts. I, I'm, I'm just going to say Graham's nuts. Drink. Mm. Let's see. I, it's, again, thank you so much, Lauren. Oh, wait, so Alec Mitchell says elbow. Uh, Chris Hansen would be a good addition. That's right, Tom McCoy. I... I would love for Chris uh, Chris Hansen to be both in the Cardinals organization and on the podcast. Uh, QX, QX for boy 19 says, I want to be treated like a dog and a toilet. Alex Hansen, man. A simple phrase in baseball that always sounds wise, it's a long season. Yeah, you know, I'm full of simple stuff. I am as simple as it comes. Uh, you like Graham's nuts, forever cards. Uh... I mean, when he turns 18? Uh, what are you drinking? I am drinking. Great question. Uh, Mr. Alec Mitchell, I am drinking Jim Beam Distillers Cut, which we are almost nearly 100% sure is 50% Devil's Cut and 50% their normal swill. Uh, Forever Cards says that is illegal. Uh, Graham says to Forever Cards that is illegal. That is correct. Um, you know, we're not Bill Cosby. We're not Roman Catholic priests. Uh, we don't dabble in that. Is school even out for the summer for Graham yet? Yeah, by the way, we're going to have to shut this thing down at 9.45 because Graham will be 15 minutes past his bedtime at that point. FMK, La Russa, Shandies, and Herzog. Well, that red Shandies, you know, we haven't gotten an update on his health in a little while, and I'm a little concerned about that, to be honest with you. I will say that uh, I would marry red Shandies because he seems like the perfect man, even old. Uh, I would bang that Tony La Russa because he's probably drunk and holding cats and kittens. And I don't give a shit about Whitey Herzog, to be honest with you. I'm 32. I was born in 86. Those 80s love affairs with Whitey Herzog does nothing for me. Uh, let's see. I don't know what that is. Uh, somebody said Jason Tatum. Yeah, sure. I'd fuck Jason Tatum. Who look, who look wore out, Mr. Oh, you look wore out, Mr. Kyle. Uh, that's right, Mr. Hicks. So I've been working. I, I, I get to work at about 6 a.m. every morning. I wake up at 5. I'm at work usually until, I mean, at the very earliest, 4. Sometimes I'm not home from work until 5, 536. Uh, I've been tending to my father who is sick. And uh, sometimes that means that we're not going, you know, I'm, I, my day, let me put it this way. My days are 16 to 20 hours at this point. And uh, being a foreman of a, of a construction crew doesn't mean that I have any downtime when I'm at work either. So, Mr. Hicks, you nailed it, buddy. You know me, you know me pretty well at this point. Uh, I, I am exhausted. But you know what? You guys give me life. So let's keep this going. Uh, Alec Mitchell asks, what's my job? I am a foreman of a concrete crew uh, for a local municipality. We'll leave it at that before getting too much more in-depth. Uh, prayers up for Papa Kyle. Oh, thank you, Tyler Mustache. I appreciate that. Uh, we... My dad's name is Jim Reese. I've called him Old Man Reese since I was 16, so that's 14 years. Uh, he's lived an incredible life full of ups and downs and crazy things, and he's flatlined two times in his life, and he's been pronounced dead once. 
and uh, he's still here all these years later, and uh, it's been a blessing. When will Max Schrock, uh, I didn't miss it, George Foreman of a Concrete Crew. That's, I wouldn't call myself the George Foreman of a Concrete Crew, I would call myself the Arnold Schwarzenegger of a Concrete Crew. Uh, I, I like what you did, though, with Foreman of a, of a Concrete Crew, that's, <laughs> that's clever stuff. Uh, to Concrete. At this point, I'm just looking for things to cheers to. All right, so we are at the 5940 mark. Now, Cart's Gifts pointed out to me that these have been going like an hour and 39 minutes almost on point. Uh, oh, Graham asked me, did I talk about Brady Whalen in the next podcast, uh, Prospect Macarena? Prospect Macarena. Yes, Graham, we do talk about Brady Whalen. Uh, I didn't bring up Victor Garcia, and I didn't bring up Terry Fuller. And for all of you who listen to the Prospect Macarena, know that I regret it. Uh, where does LeBron go next season? LeBron stays in Cleveland, I guess. Great question, Enchil. Thank you for keeping me on, on my toes. Bron Bron finna go to the L.A. Clippers. Oh, yeah. All joking aside, I've always wanted the Clippers to win an uh, NBA championship, whatever happens there. Would you take back Pujols? If Angels ate a bunch of the contract, n not a bunch, they would need to eat like 90 to 95% of the contract and not take a high-prized prospect in the deal. Uh, anything more than that is just too much. You know, he's going to retire, and he has a personal service contract, and more than likely, I could see the Cardinals buying out the personal service contract from the Angels. Uh, I heard Brad Stevens didn't denounce uh, LeBron on his team. Good, bring him on. That'd be great. Uh, are we getting Victor Victor? Uh, Jay David, I do not believe the Cardinals will be in the running for Victor Victor, even though they have a lot of interest in him. It's all about the, the $300,000. That's the most that they can sign an international prospect to in this next round. And if, I mean, maybe Victor Victor does the Shohei Otani thing where he just goes to his favorite place and the best fit. But more than likely, that's not the case. And he'll go to somebody who can afford to pay him. Uh, who wins? Go the Golden Knights versus the Capitals. By the way, somebody update me. Does that mean that the Capitals are, in fact, going to the Stanley Cup? I hope it's the Capitals. I can't get behind the, the Golden Knights. I love Ryan Reeves, but I just can't get behind the Golden Knights. Jake Allen or Carter Hutton? I'll take... Uh, oh God, push. Uh, Carson, I love how you answer every single question that you read. Never in I don't know. Well, I try to, you know, thank you, Enchil. Again, follow Enchil17 on Twitter. Nicholas Childress, he's our video man at Birds on the Black. He's incredible. Uh, I don't even remember, remember what we were talking about. Cats went 3-0 with like 4.3 left. Oh, Ryan Mar Margold says Lou Bob with the crying eye. Uh, Lou Bob's going to start at double A uh, here in about a couple weeks. And I'm going to go. I'm going to go watch him play, and I'm going to take video. I'm going to ask him to marry me, and uh, I don't know. I, sometimes I make this just a little too different, like a little, maybe a little too not who I am, but I love that Lou Bob, uh, uh, Luis Robert. Uh, four seconds ago, Tyler Mustache asks, Carson Kelly, Weaver, and Wong for Yon Moncada. That'd be incredible, but I don't think the White Sox would trade off any of their prospects. Uh, you know, Moncada's more than a prospect at this point. He's one of their everyday players, but I... We, we were talking about in the, the Prospects After Dark Fantasy League group chat. I can't imagine a situation in which uh, Jose Abreu gets traded from the White Sox because he's such the anchor for the, the, the foreign-born players on that team. 
and in the minor leagues. He helped recruit, you know, Luis Robert. He's a best friend of Yon Moncada. Uh, the White Sox are on the upswing, even though they're terrible. They could have been better this year, but, you know, whatever happens, happens. To you. All right. Does anyone have anyone, any more questions? There was a bunch of them streaming a little while ago, and I kind of looked all over them. I, I tried to answer what I could. I apologize. I, I promise you, as Enchil brought up a little while ago, Nicholas Childress, Nick brought up, uh, I'll, I'll answer everything I see, everything I can. I need to get in that group chat just because. You know what? Holy shilt, if I remember, I'm going to add you because you are de facto a member of this little family. Uh, Lucas Giolito's biggest pitcher bust since Mark Appel. Okay, so J. David Reed brings up a really interesting point that I'm always going back to. 50%, 56% of first-round draft picks make a major league debut. The fact that Lucas Giolito is even pitching in the major leagues eliminates him from being a quote-unquote bust. Now, is he a disappointment? Kind of disappointing what's happened with Lucas Giolito, for sure. There are a lot of other guys who haven't made the major leagues, but what I want to focus on is the fact that Mark Appel... Pardon me, I apologize. Mark Appel is a bust. It never materialized for him, and that's kind of a bummer because baseball would be better off if that kid would have been able to put it together, and yet he didn't, and that's... Uh, that's heartbreaking. Mr. Hicks asked a couple minutes or a couple seconds ago, did Junior Fernandez have surgery? Mr. Hicks, I've been trying to get to the bottom of that with a little bit of free time that I have over the last couple weeks. So Junior Fernandez, again, just a recap of Junior Fernandez. His season was shut, cut short last year. Uh, his velocity went down and he had shoulder, right, he had shoulder fatigue. He was on pace to make a debut this year, be fine. And then before the Palm Beach season broke, they had to put him on the DL. And from what I understand, he hasn't pitched since. I've heard rumors. Rumors. This is important. These are rumors. There are no solid backing on this. I haven't been able to get substantiated news on this. Uh, but that he had surgery. But with minor league players, it is extremely difficult to get injury information on them. So I'm still digging, I'm still going to find out, and I promise you the minute I find out, I'll know for sure. But as of right now, I have not been able to confirm with the source that I personally find reliable that it happened. Uh, but do take into account that there are rumors, and sometimes rumors have legs, but the majority of the time they don't. Uh, and that's, that's all I can say about that. I wish I could tell you, and I'm sorry I can't. Uh, well, the Cardinals have interest in Zach Britton if he comes back healthy. Mo's algorithm, I'll ask you that question, you know. I can't imagine a situation in which they wouldn't have interest. Uh, the bullpen's been so bad, and I would think that they would have interest in anybody who could help the back end of that pen. You know, I, if there's one thing that Adam Wainwright has taught us, it's not to be overly excited about a guy coming off of a, a, a tear in his Achilles. But if, and, and I'm also more concerned because Britton seemed to get back lickety-split. Uh, I don't know what the time frame compares to Wayno. But I just, you know, I would be a little leery about trading for a player coming back from Achilles after the bad uh, returns from Wayno in the long run. That being said, you know, if you can get Zach Britton at a modest cost, yeah, you bring him on. If you can get any player at a modest cost, you, you go get him. Britton Manchado from Weaver Hudson and Randy, I don't think that gets it done. Most realistic trade before the deadline, 
the Cardinals do a good job of doing the one-for-one with a relief pitcher and a prospect, a middling, like, 10 overall prospect. Uh, You know, I always think about Zach Duke and Charlie Tilson. That's kind of like the prospect. Axford and whoever the hell that was. Calamore and Broxton. Like, that's the kind of deal that they make. Hunter Dozier was drafted in the top. The top of the Mark Apple, Chris Bryant draft, uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. Do we know if there's a DeYoung time frame? There is no DeYoung time frame. The Cardinals are still trying to nail that down. But nothing is set in stone in regards to when Paul DeYoung is going to come back. Uh, We're starting to see. Now, Jairo Munoz had a 4-for-4 game the other day, but you see what kind of contact he makes. Jairo Munoz is a weird player. I've been saying it since the minute the Cardinals traded for him that – there's no exact... Hold on. I'm almost out of bourbon. This is uh, this last shot right here, as always, is for the Hicks family. To you guys. You know, Jairo Munoz is a weird player. It's hard to really get a grasp for exactly what he can do and what he does. and He's on an easy evaluation. He's like, you know, the, the easy, lazy comparison is to call Jairo Munoz, like, Johnny Peralta 2.0. But he's not that. He's he's just kind of his own guy. He makes contact, but he doesn't strike out a lot and doesn't necessarily walk enough that you'd be excited about. He's he's kind of an enigma when it comes to evaluating. Uh, I don't know why I brought that up, and now I'm just ranting, and I probably shouldn't have poured this last little bit of bourbon because, you know what? I'm drunk. To you, drunks. I need water. I get super dehydrated because I'm outside all day, and here we are. Drinking and acting like a fool. All right, we are at the one minute and eight, uh, the one hour and eight minute mark. Does anybody have any questions? Uh, Doctor Disappointment. Ooh, uh, Eller's Market. Uh, yeah, uh, you did not disappoint tonight. Thank you very much, Eller Market. I appreciate it. Uh, Graham STL says, I miss Josh Lucas. Josh Lucas is going to start for the A's tomorrow, I think. That's crazy. Crazy. Uh, Tom McCoy said, cheers, cheers to you. What do you think of using relievers uh, as, I'm guessing, as starters? I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I've had one beer, and I'm feeling it. Good for you, and chill. And chill, what was the beer? If you're coming to the Birmingham, uh, Lubab, I thank you very much for that. 11 minutes, great. FMK, Gatorade, Powerade, and soda. Holy shit, this is what you need to know about me. All of a sudden, I am a fan of Pedialyte. I drink Pedialyte every day. So, FMK, all those other things, I kill all of them, and I do the sweet loving madness. Sweet loving madness. To Pedialyte. Are we going to see Leon this season? Uh, no, we're not. Uh, one beer and call 911, Brian Love says. Uh, great white supremacy. Uh, Lenny Goning73 says, good for you, welcome to the chat. Uh, it wasn't anything that I'm proud to talk about. Good for you and chill. Uh, do you go on flavored PD? So I like the strawberry lemonade version of Pedialyte in the powders. You get a box of six of them for 10 bucks, and then I pour them into water bottles. Uh, that I like that. Uh, European whites built America, good for you, Lenny Groning. Uh, you know what else built America? Slavery. Uh, and also, you know, hate, mostly. Uh, but beyond all of that, you did, Lenny Groening. Thank you so much for building America. You need to hydrate, Mr. Hicks says. You're right. I drink a, lo- I drink a ton of water, Mr. Hicks. I probably drink 100 ounces of water every day. And I, uh, I hold on. How do you block someone? This guy needs to be block, block user. That, somebody just said, look... 
we can tolerate a lot of things. You can come after me about my weird melon-shaped head, uh, but I'm not going to take any type of hate. Get over yourselves, okay? It's 2018. It's not 1818. Grow the fuck up. Uh, Slip, blah, 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 blah. Uh, do not repeat what he says, Kyle. You're right, and that's on me, and we blocked him, and hopefully now we don't have to deal with it. Um, yeah, so I like, and that's what I do. I try to drink maybe two, four gallons worth of water every day. I drink Pedialyte. Uh, we have a Gatorade water jug that I drink. It's just, you know how it is between the sun and the heat and the humidity and everything. It's just, it, it piles, uh, it piles on top of itself. All right, so we are at the one hour and 11 minute mark. I have this much bourbon left. This is what I'm going to do. This is what the doctors call a finger of bourbon. Uh, I'm, yeah, so okay, Octavius Rex 28 says, (laughs) first off, Alex Mitchell says, uh, coffee enemas in the morning. I probably drink 32 ounces of coffee in the morning. Uh, Four gallons of water. Holy cow is what Octavius Rex said. I do. So I drink... This is my 32-ouncer. I drink this in the morning. Uh, I drink at least two 36 ounces throughout the day. At least two. Uh, I'm, I'm a water drinker, yeah. Oh, really? Mr. Hicks works outside, too? Mr. Hicks, what do you do? I would love to know what you do, man. Uh, you are the very model of a modern major general. You are the model of a modern major general. Thank you, Jay David. Uh, Caps made it to the Stanley Cup. Congratulations to the Washington Capitals. We take a drink. Uh, you know, our last drink, we're going to save this a little bit. And this last drink is going to go to everybody who is a public servant and works outside. Because there's no way to describe what it's like to work outside until you've worked outside. Uh, it's a really, really corny and cheesy thing, and uh, I guess I'm more or less just grasping for straws, uh, but but that's where we're at. Uh, the Stay Hydrated episode. I'm going to write that down, Wildcats. Thank you so much, Lucas. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Just a little drinky poo. At uh, the Vegas Golden Knights win the cup, my bracket mostly worked out good for you. Can the Hicks family become the mascot of Pad? Um, the Hicks family is not the mascot of Pad. The Hicks family is the hero of Pad. If you were watching this, you're part of the resistance from Mr. Eric Thomas. We'll get to that in a little bit. We're not there yet. Uh, the last drink should go to Jason Tatum, uh, UPS driver. Oh, are you really? No shit. Good for you, Mr. Hicks. My brother Jim works at the Olathe Hub. He is part of a, a like yeah. When when stuff gets missing, he like investigates it. He was a regional manager for a long time. Uh, So we're going to turn this into two drinks. First off, to all of the UPS workers in any capacity uh, who deliver packages to you, we'll take a shot to that. That's a hard job, man. People don't give them enough credit for what they do. You know, more than likely they're being yelled at for being in the way, and that's bullshit. Uh, Octavius Rex and also Steel, Steel... uh, says that uh, Orwig Steel Orwig says that UPS is legit. You're right. Does outdoor pool operator count as an outside job? It does. Oh, Melissa Rogers. Hey, Melissa. How are you? Thank you for joining us. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Uh, UPS will pay for college where I live. There you go, forever cards. UPS offers a lot of really amazing uh, other incentives for people to join their organization. Amazing stuff. 
Uh, do freight brokers just because too? Yeah. So uh, the, here's what we're gonna do. We were at the hour, and uh, did somebody did somebody block Graham from the fantasy chat? Who who not Graham? <laughs> Graham left. Oh God. <laughs> oh, thank you. All right. We're an hour and twenty or ten minutes into this. I've been going on long enough. Uh, somebody says there's nothing wrong. Tom McCoy says there's nothing wrong with logistics. Uh, Mr. Hicks says it's hot as hell in those damn trucks. I'm sure it is. You know, they have to drive. They're always stopping. They've got, like, extreme rules to follow. That's not an easy job. So what we're going to do is we're going to end Prospects After Dark. We're going to raise our glass to everyone who uh, busts their ass every day who's outside as we're about ready to enter the summer months. And really, that's just a glamorous way of saying we're going to toast to the Hicks family because they're the best. Uh, we're also going to, this time in particular, I'm going to toast to every one of you. Every week this gets to be more and more fun. And I love you guys. I love the fact that I can rely on all of each, like, my normal people to be in here. But, you know, between uh, Cards Gifts and Tara and Zach and the Birds on the Back Black family. To the Hicks family, to uh, hopefully uh, Miss Rogers, to Lauren Bundy, to Graham, and Forever Cards and Wildcats, and the the millions and millions of others, uh, millions, millions, to the tens and tens of others of you who are in here. Uh, you guys are incredible. This isn't about me. I do this for you because you guys give me energy and you give me life, especially when things are down and downtrodden, and uh, now I'm just millions, billions, trillions. And that's it. So, for everybody from Birds on the Black, especially N. Chill, who has been here for this entire thing and is breaking it down on the Prospect Macarena. For Cards Gifts, who is my own personal Jesus Christ. Uh, for everybody at Birds on the Black, I am Kyle Reese. If you watch this and listen to this and are reading about this, you are part of the resistance. I love each and every one of you. And happy damn hunting. And go Cardinals! Go Cardinals! Go Jason, H Jason Hicks! Go Jordan Hicks!